Hello, and welcome to Hospice News Elevate podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jim Parker. I'm editor of Hospice News, and I'm pleased to introduce Dr. Kaishana Gidri, CEO of Morning Dove Medical. And today we are going to be discussing one of the top compliance issues for hospices today, that is care planning and care planning standards. Thank you again for being here. I I wanted to start by asking, you know, care planning is very often at the list of the the most common survey deficiencies in hospice. Uh, We just did a story on this, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, that that was the case again in uh, 2022, which I think is uh, the year, the most recent year for which data are available. Um, What are some of the reasons that um, you know, care planning is is such a challenge. Wow. Well, thank you for first of all for having me here. But I believe the root of it is our RN case managers are inundated with documentation, um, and and I don't want to leave out the other members of the hospice interdisciplinary team, but I've observed you know nurses, you know accomplishing the task of of making the visits and then spending hours in the evening on documentation. And that same documentation is supposed to be a part of the plan of care each time it's updated. And so I think things get lost with, you know, the burden of the documentation. I also think that upon admission, Um, There is a piece missing with our admission teams. If the hospice does indeed have an admission team, the the clarifying the goals of care with the family and providing that education and helping the families understand the pivot in care from preventative care, um, perhaps someone's been taking a medication for 50 years and and the caregiver daughter or son is so accustomed to giving this medication and they hold on to these medications. And so again, time, time, documentation, we're, we're just then putting these people on hospice with polypharmacy and Again, how do how do we update the plan of care at IDG when someone's on 30 medications, right? So I just think it's about communication on admission and it's about the overwhelming burden of documentation why the work that we are actually doing is not making it to the plan of care that we put in the in the chart if the hospice has a chart and when we talk about, you know, compliance and things like this, it, it's, you know, very uh, often oriented around, you know, policies and procedures by, by necessity, really. But I, I wanted to ask you, how do these care planning deficiencies impact the patient and family? I think it it affects them, you know, in, in a way where they're missing the understanding of what we are doing. There's a disconnect between the work that the interdisciplinary team is doing and what the families are doing, depending on if, you know, their level of, of health literacy, depending on, you know, if they're understanding what's going on, you know, many caregivers are, are, are overwhelmed and trying to make it through the day. And, and, um, 
you know, it's missing here. And I want to look at the conditions of participation for hospice, right? Like the plan of care is supposed to be where we have it individualized and it's in collaboration with the doctor, the interdisciplinary group, and the primary caregiver with the patient's needs. Um, you know, it's in accordance with the patient's needs and, and, and someone can go look them up and, and read them specifically. But if we are having staffing issues, if we are inundated with documentation, then I think some things get lost in translation. And like I said, and if, if our, our teams are needing to document for hours at the end of a, of a eight to 12 hour day, things get missed. And uh, what would you say, like, what specific components of care planning are the most challenging for clinicians? Some challenges I've observed is, like I mentioned, having the, the families pivot from our palliative and symptom-focused care, um, having them pivot to that from their, you know, comfortable preventative care management that they've been accustomed to for decades. And many times if there's, you know, a conflict or a a disconnect there, then, you know, we don't want to affect our relationship with our patients and families. And many times, you know, we just let them continue certain medications or, or do whatever they feel comfortable with because, we know, you and I know that upstream patients and families don't even really understand what hospice care is and what hospice does. And so we're having to do a lot of education and a lot of work uh, once they do get to us. And so I think that, you know, that affects them because they're, they're, they're going through a lot once they, you know, before they get to us. And uh, as you as you astutely pointed out, uh, a lot of the deficiencies stem from documentation omissions or errors or just a complicated nature of documentations. Uh, what are some of the factors at play there? I think it's time. We only have so many hours in a day. Our staff has to sleep. And if we are having these staffing shortages, we're having to complete these visits to stay in compliance. We're not having enough time to document during the visits. Then that burden is on the staff at the end of the day. Things are missing there. And uh, how should providers be thinking about their care planning workflows? I think providers um, should consider using templates um, and perhaps maintaining clinical summaries of their patients, something that they can grab, you know, easily to to cut and paste if they have, um, you know, an EMR. And I don't mean cut and paste as in, you know, using other people's information, but when someone comes onto hospice care, we do the initial comprehensive assessment. So we know where they are. So it should flow that each time it's updated, we're just kind of adding more to this beautiful story of hospice when we are updating the plan of care, you know, 
every week or every two weeks that we have IDG or, or, you know, more frequently if needed. And lastly, I think executives and, and companies should consider EHRs that are intuitive and not EHRs that are create barriers to the workflows that we need to be in to do our work. Um, I recall, again, I'm not here to sell anything at all, but at a, a conference last year, there was an EMR that was actually intuitive. It actually took the same information from the initial comprehensive assessment and then loaded it into the IDG report. And it was all the same information. It was not something that uh, our in-case manager would have to recreate the day of IDG. I have seen nurses with six pages that they need to fill out for each patient. But let's imagine if they have a 20 patient caseload. For each visit, they have six pages they have to write in. And then on top of that for IDG, they need to write two pages. That's a lot, if you can imagine. If you will, what are some model practices for care planning that providers should consider implementing? I think um, model practices always start with collaborative communication about the terminal condition and the goals of care. These things can start, again, with the providers, the physicians, the nurses, whoever is referring to hospice care in the first place. Begin using the language that we use at the end of life so that patients don't feel like we're taking things away once they come to hospice care. Hospice should flow right from the referral and whatever treatments they're getting, and they should know what they are anticipating and what what the care is. But again, most people don't talk about these things ahead of time. And so it's it's usually a sudden thing when people come on the hospice care. And oftentimes I've heard, you know, people feel like things are taken away from them. And and it just kind of becomes a tug of war instead of, you know, the beautiful care that you and I know we provide. I think also um, polypharmacy, we really need to look at that with our, our patients. We need to help them see during the late stages of life, that some of these medications are not necessary and we need to start paring those down so that when they are on hospice care, it's it's more of a streamlined process. Um, and I would also say while we're when we're admitting patients to hospice care, for situations where we're having to update their medication list, I would avoid discussing our terminology of relatedness and what the hospice is going to pay for and instead focus on how this medication is benefiting their health, their symptoms, and their quality of life. Again, we need to start using the language that that we use in hospice so that people understand the utility of the medications that they are letting go and the ones that they're going to start using once they're on hospice care. Yeah, that is really an important part uh, point. Uh, I remember just going through, you know, experiences in my own family and having those complicated discussions about uh, medication deprescribing and uh, 
um, you know, having the luxury of having spoken to so many professionals in the field like you, I have maybe a, a, some degree of understanding of it, but uh, it, it's easy to see how, how most families could just be mystified by uh, what they're hearing and not know what questions to ask. So that's, uh, thank you for bringing that up. It seems like technology is creeping into nearly every aspect of clinical care these days, uh, for better or worse. Uh, is that also true for care planning, or does a gap exist there? I think there's a gap there, and I haven't seen every EHR, um, but I do know that the ones I've encountered, they are not intuitive. There's something people call death by clicks, and you're clicking to find what you need, and it shouldn't be that way. We really need to utilize technology that makes our work days go better. It shouldn't be a burden. I We shouldn't have nurses, again, at the end of the night needing to document their 10 visits from the day, however many visits they, they need to perform. It should be something very easy that they can document while they're with the patient, and then they can go home and enjoy their families at the end of the workday. And uh, how do the current workforce shortages influence the effectiveness of care planning? I think the workforce shortages further exacerbate the documentation burdens because our staff is needing to take care of more patients, the higher census, for, for each individual, so they have limited time. They're rushing to complete visits, and we're not having, we're not efficient. Again, we're doing the best that we can, but everyone is affected by these, you know, staffing shortages, but we have to take care of the patients. And so um, I just think everyone's doing the best that they can. I don't think anyone maliciously or, you know, is, is, having omissions and in the documentation on purpose, but I think people are overwhelmed. And uh, just kind of to wrap up, do you have any other tips for improving compliance? I would say, you know, hospice owners, you know, the corporate executives, I implore you to please consider EMRs, EHRs that don't hinder the sacred work of hospice care. That's all I can say because everyone is trying to do the best that they can and whatever agency they work with, they have to go with their flow. It's not like someone can do their own thing if they want to, you know, do well in their career. And so I would ask that the folks at the top really, really reconsider the the documentation burdens and try to cut back on those and make them more efficient and intuitive for all the hospice staff members. Excellent. Well, well again, thank you so much for those insights. This has uh, been a really important discussion, I think. I have I have one more thing. I I I really want to also make sure that I emphasize that the work in, in I want to give everyone the benefit of, of the doubt. The work is being done. Um I just think that there is the disconnect between our extensive IDG discussions. They're not being documented. The moderators of the the meetings 
Perhaps they're not helping to focus them and help them flow so that, again, this information is concise and it makes it to the medical record. And we have this this inundation of documentation because we have these burdensome systems that are not helping us. They're hurting us and creating barriers. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Elevate podcast from Hospice News. Hospice News is a brand of Aging Media Network, a WTWH media company. Take care. Take care.